0: good to be in the house of the lord tonight uh it's good to open up the word of the lord together um so and i love i'm so thankful for the opportunity to be able to preach the word of the lord um it is such a deep responsibility uh but also uh, one that is a glorious one uh in which you're able to see um results sometimes not in this life but we will one day and so um, uh, may we turn open to the word of the Lord tonight. Let's turn uh, to 1 John. So we actually started uh, going through this in our Sunday school class. Uh, so I'm trying to get a little head start on my class so that I'll have one of my, my classes done after tonight, right? Uh, so uh, some of them won't be here, and they won't know that I've done it twice, right? Uh, so we're going to go to 1 John. We're going to go to chapter 2. Uh, close to the end of the chapter. So we're going to start in verse number 28, and we're going to go through chapter 3, verse number 3. So uh, 1 John 2, 28, uh, to chapter 3, verse 3. Um, tonight, so I asked um, Brother Jeff what, if he had any recommendations on what to preach. And I love uh, for him to know what he's going to be preaching and then to give suggestions as to some passages uh, that go along with what he's preaching, right? Uh, so that it, it sort of brings up some of the same themes, some some of the same ideas, uh, some of the same ideas in in the Bible that help our hearts to continue to, to meditate on those truths. And so uh, this is one of those passages. Um, the other is the one that he read tonight. So I want you to understand that when... Brother Jeff, and when uh, the elders do things like that, have particular passages. They are there for a purpose. Uh, they they all ring together for the purpose of the Lord uh, speaking into our lives through His Word. And so that's what we're going to look at tonight. Is in First John chapter two. Uh, let me before I read it, I want to give you the title of the of the message so that you can be thinking uh, what the Lord uh, is doing in this passage. It is the great hope and challenge for God's children. So the great hope and challenge for God's children. So that's what we're going to be looking at tonight. So if you will, look in your Bible, 1 John chapter 2, verse number 28. And now, little children, abide in him so that when he appears, we may have confidence and not shrink from him in shame at his coming. And what we will be has not yet appeared. But we, know what, but we know that when he appears, we shall be like him, because we shall see him as he is. And everyone who thus hopes in him purifies himself as he is pure. Let's pray. Father, as we... Turn in your word and as we reflect upon it, Lord, I pray that this will be a time where the believers will be um, encouraged to look to the day in which you come again. Uh, Lord, that this will be a great encouragement not only to uh, look forward to that day, but also to live as you have called us to live um, until that day appears. I pray this in the name of your son, Jesus. Amen. <clears throat> so for the people of God in Ephesus and the surrounding churches there in Asia Minor, um, there's still a temptation um, that the Antichrists have provided for them. So we know in chapter 2, verse number 19, uh, that some had exited the church. Um, and John talks about the Antichrist, and he talks about how they have, are seeking to lead astray by the teachings that were being taught in that area um, against what the Lord had given to them uh, and already provided for them through the apostles and the disciples. And so because of that, John has all of this in the back of his mind, in his background of his mind. But I want you to understand that, and, and that also has an idea of Gnosticism. I'm not going to get into it for for too deeply, But the idea of Gnosticism is that there was a secret knowledge that you had to have in order to be saved and that Gnosticism had the idea that one everything that was spiritual was good everything that was physical was evil and bad okay so they were teaching things uh, such as that Jesus did not have a real body he seemed to be in body okay Um, Whereas we know that John reflects over and over and over again in 1 John to say that Jesus was real. I saw him. I heard him. I even touched him. So we see these themes throughout throughout 1 John where John is trying to point to the people of God and to remind them that Jesus was real, sin is real, and sin does affect people's lives. So, that's in the background. But what I want us to understand tonight is that what John is doing is he is trying to really and truly encourage the believers about the second coming of Jesus. He is going to tell them and to show them, we're going to look at it tonight, that the second coming of Jesus is is, is upon us. And when he comes, we don't want to be shamed. We want to be confident. Okay? And so that's what we're going to turn to tonight. Um, So there's two things that are intended by John. And one is to provide everlasting hope to the people of God. And the other thing is to be a basis that Jesus is coming to be a basis of an exhortation to holy living. So be encouraged, but live righteously. So uh, let's turn to the first part here. First point is the confidence, of, girls, those so to to the the confidence of those who know and practice
1: righteousness.
0: The confidence of those who know so hard and hard practice righteousness. Couple this of, is in verse 28. And 29. So John before. proclaims to us in verse oh, number 28 he says, And now, little children, that that. abide in him so that when he things. appears, one one we may have confidence and not shrink from him in shame at his coming.
1: Now, John is writing to the people there in Ephesus, to the church, and uh, most likely to the churches surrounding
0: that in Asia Minor. uh, He often refers to the people of God as little children. And the reason that he does that, one, is because he is older, he is later in his own life, and he is writing to them as someone who is elder to them in age. And he is also writing to them uh, because he, they are endearing to him. He, he loves them. He cares for, for them. Moms, he, uh, I, he has, for I mean, he, 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 uh, you, you think like of people who have um, spent time, if you've you, spent time like pouring cuts, into somebody else's life, chore, you come to a love, a chore, love and complete. cherish and adore that them. Well, this on the is so the church the in Ephesus for John. And so he's writing to them as little children, calls them little children. He does this throughout the book of First John. Uh, And John's emphasis in this passage is made very clear very quickly.
1: And he says it here whenever he says abide in him.
0: Abide in him.
1: And then these things around here cost 20 bucks. The word abide means
0: to remain or to stay or to continue. To remain, to stay, or to continue. So continue in what you...
1: Hold to in Christ.
0: Okay, let me get this out of the children. way. Now, this is the same term "abide" that we actually down, see John lady, use as a quote of first, Jesus in John fifteen. If you'll remember the passage Any about the true vine, uh, we, we, we we you stand. know John, John quotes Jesus and he says, "I am the vine; you are the and branches. Whoever abides in me, and I in him, he is... He it is that bears much fruit, for apart from me you can do nothing. You see, John wants these Christians there in Ephesus to hold fast and to continue in their faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. He does not want them to follow the false teachings that are, follow, that are swirling around about that area. The Antichrists were denying that Jesus was actually the Christ. And he wants them to know there is only one Christ and it is the Lord Jesus that you heard from the beginning. Stay and to remain in that. Now John has an important purpose for telling these Christians this. Um, If you'll notice the next two words... Boys and girls, I forgot so to tell you how that. you pay for your things. Now, this is important because you it's a purpose statement. Uh, John is, you is explaining to us to this is the reason for which you should and, and need to abide in the clock, Lord Jesus Christ and in faith in him. Now, let's see what he says here. He says, so that when he appears, thing. so when Jesus appears, when he comes again, we may have confidence and not shrink from him in shame at his coming. John speaks of Jesus' second coming. That Jesus is to come again. That he will appear again. And the people of God should be excited about that. Are we not? I look forward to that day. We all should. Uh, Now, in reality, there's uh, there's something within us that doesn't know all the details and so there's a little bit of a hindrance as to wanting Jesus to come back because yes I know I'm ultimately I know that everything will be fine but but what exactly is going to happen I'm not going to tell you Uh, and the reason is because the Bible doesn't tell us Um, and we should not go where the Bible does not go and so what we are going to do is John tells us all we need to know that he's coming. Okay? And, and then he tells us what we need to know since he is coming. Let's see what he tells us here. What is the attitude of the Christian? What should the attitude of the Christian be when we know that Jesus is to come again? Should it be one of confidence or one of Boys shame? Boys and
1: girls... Make sure you have enough bucks for what you're getting. Some people are picking 40 buck items and they only have 20 bucks, so you can't get that.
0: Confidence. Um, John writes here to tell them, he says, have confidence and not shrink from Jesus in shame. Now, this is encouraging to me. Um, I am thankful for this verse. John's purpose here is to build up the believers. They needed to know that Jesus was going to return, that they needed to continue to abide in their faith in the Lord Jesus. And the reason for that was because to have confidence that He is coming. And He is the Christ. He is where their hope lies. And He is coming. John's point here is that if the people of God will remain, if they will abide, in Christ now we're going to look at what that means here in just a minute Uh, that means two things, it means the teaching about Christ, the truth about him but also the living also that our life should support that which we say we believe So the teaching and the living, if we remain and abide in Jesus Christ, then when Jesus comes, they will be unashamed and confident on the last day. Now, this is not a confidence of an arrogant individual. Uh, This is not the confidence of one who thinks that they have accomplished that which has been given no this is a confidence in the one who has saved them this is a confidence in the one true Christ who is the one who they have put their faith in now I just want to ask you I think it's a, a good question for us is are you abiding in Christ are you abiding in Christ um, probably you will be the only one that will be able to answer that question. Um, you, will, you are the only one who truly ultimately knows your own heart. And so are you abiding in Christ? In the midst of the temptations of the world, the accusations of the devil, and the powerful influence of our flesh, do you continue to abide in in the one true Lord Jesus Christ now the problem is that we all too often um, are sinful we sin Um, now the amazing thing is that that John is not saying that Christians won't sin Uh, the abiding in Christ is one in which we place our faith ultimately in him and his work not our own That is where we find one who abides in the Lord Jesus. I do want to say this. I think it's important in the day and age where we've sort of gone to a post-Christian world. We cannot use Jesus as a backup measure. We cannot use Jesus as though I can live my life however I want, and yet I know Jesus. Because we, we find throughout 1 John that John is pointing us hard to remember that sin is real and we must confess it. We must have forgiveness for that sin or we are not in the Lord Jesus Christ. We are not abiding in him. So that is abiding in Christ, trusting him with with our lives, with the forgiveness of our sins and also to fight off temptation and to fight off sins that we may be tempted to. Now, John continues this idea of abiding in Jesus through knowing and practicing this righteousness in verse number 29, if you'll look with me. If you know that he is righteous, you may be sure that everyone who practices righteousness has been born of him. Do you see how he follows it up with showing us what abiding looks like? The confidence and unashamed posture on the last day is not due to our merited status. Rather, it is those who know him is righteous they are the ones that will live righteously now there's a direct correlation between knowing and doing right Um, if we truly know something to be true then we will live accordingly right Um, in the same way that's what John is telling us that, that our lives will follow up with that which we believe whatever we believe If we believe that the world is that which is shiny and beautiful, then we will follow that. If we believe that Christ is more beautiful than the world and the things of the world and the sin and the temptation in the world, then we will follow him. Um, We have to remember that in Matthew 7 that we saw many who believed that they knew Jesus. The problem was that Jesus did not know them. I never knew you you see people can be deceived on whether they truly are abiding in Christ or not and so those people were trusting in the works that they had accomplished did we not did we not rather than Jesus did you not that is where our faith lies some could look at this and say that this seems to be somewhat flirting with works righteousness. And it's the idea that we are gaining our salvation by, uh, and our, by meriting what we, what we do. That it has to show up to support that which we believe. Um, that's why John, here at the end of verse number 29... He says something that's important for us. He says that everyone who practices righteousness has been born of him. Born of God. Born of God. Now, this is the first instance of 10 in 1 John where we see that phrase, that, that uh, put forward as the children of God, being born of God. Uh, John's meaning here is more than a physical birth. Brother Jeff Uh, preached on this this morning is more than physical birth rather he is speaking of a spiritual but very real I want us to understand that even though it is spiritual even though it is a an act of God through the spirit of God it does not mean that it's not real it is absolutely fully and completely real that is why we see life change happen okay what did Jesus tell Nicodemus in John 3? told him, he said, you must be born again for you, King James people. Ye must be born again, right? <laughs> you must be born again of the Spirit of God. That is how you become a child of God. It's not by doing these things. It's not just by saying, I trust in the Lord Jesus once or 20 times or rededicating a life. No. It is what? Truly placing our faith in him. And that is only done by the work of the Lord. As Brother Jeff preached this morning in first John uh, excuse me, John one twelve and thirteen, but to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. Now, the order is not your works and then salvation, is it? It doesn't look that way. Rather, the order is God's work, our salvation, and then our work. See, our works are that which is a result of that which has happened to us. John was addressing the temptations brought about by the Antichrist mentioned earlier in this letter. And... um, the early Gnostic teachings of, of the Antichrist taught that the way in which you lived did not have an effect on you. It was in the physical realm. It didn't have an effect on the spirit. It didn't have an effect on your, on, on your spirit and your relationship with God because it was of the f- just the flesh and the flesh only. This is what the false teaching was that was going on. John rather proclaims right here that if one truly knows the righteous God, then those who know him will seek to also live righteously. They will seek to be like the one in which has, who has saved them. The glorious reality brought about by John is one of great confidence for the people of God. If you know God and live, seek to live a righteous life as your Savior has, then you can be certain and confident that you are a child of God. And you can have confidence on the day of His second coming. Not, not have to worry about being shamed. Now, John explains just how far the love of God reaches. Now, I'm not in Ephesians. We're not going to talk about the height and depth. We're not talking about that part, right? But we're going to look at just how far... Uh, the love of God reaches. Number two, the privilege of being God's children. Privilege of being God's children. Let's look at chapter 3, verse 1. See what kind of love the Father has given to us that we should be called children of God. And so we are. John seeks to show these Christians just how much God loves them. He points to Christians as being called the children of God. Of God. Now, why is this such a big deal? Can't God just call anybody a child of His if He wants? God does love humanity, but does He love humanity in the same way? Does He love people who love His Son different than He loves those who are just made in His image? Absolutely. Absolutely. One, who is made in his image yet who is not a follower of the Lord Jesus is still a rebel toward him they do not want the things of God they do not want God to succeed they do not want the truth of the word of God to prevail they want the things of the world to prevail but the people of God they do seek the Lord and his desires above others Going back to the idea of being born again, John speaking of a particular way in which people became the children of God. In chapter 1, verse 7 of 1 of John, we read this, But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus his Son cleanses us from all sin." I want us to understand tonight that it is the blood of Jesus alone which qualifies people to be able to be saved and to be called and considered a child of God. It is the blood of Jesus alone. Now, the amazing thing is, it's not the blood of Jesus that is running through his veins. It is the blood of Jesus that ran down the cross. It is the blood of Jesus that he gave In order to be able to cleanse us from our sin. It was the love of the Father that purposed to have his own son crucified on our behalf. It was the love of the Father that purposed to send his own son incarnate to die in our place. This is the love of God and the qualifier that allows us to be able to be called children of God. It is this and this alone. The work of Jesus on the cross of Calvary. John then goes on in verse 1. He says, The reason why the world does not know us is that it did not know him. Now, we should not be surprised when the world does not understand us and the ways in which we live. We are now children of God not children of the prince of the power of the air any longer Um, Nick and Kristen Woods has an example it makes no sense to the world to go do what you do it makes no sense to go spend a year or even longer just learning the language of a people with no confidence that a single soul will even be converted We don't know. But we do trust that the Lord probably will do that and do it with many. But the amazing thing is, to the world, that would seem ludicrous. But to the people of God, it doesn't. It's glorious. Because we know that the Lord does save souls through purposes just like that. So I do think that instead of giving ourselves to the things of the world and giving ourselves to the things of God really does seem weird to the world and the people of the world Um, that doesn't mean everybody has to go be a missionary I don't want us to get this idea right we are either missionaries or we are senders of missionaries okay we are either missionaries or we are supporters of them who do however it is weird to be able to give our money to that from the eyes of the world but not from our eyes be of good cheer the world also thought that Jesus was weird and the things that he did the things that he thought was important the things that he gave his time to the people that he spent his time with so don't think that being a child of God is going to look like what the world desire and think that we should look like by way of application all those who carry the name of sons and daughters of the living God we must continually check our lives and their purposes we must make sure that our lives are being given to our personal holiness first to our personal holiness first to the unity of the church and to exalt the name of Jesus These are the things that we need to be thinking about in our walk with our Lord. Ask yourself if there's any sin that you need to confess. Ask yourself if there's any disorder in your life that needs to be put to order. Now, I will say, with two, now three, small children in the house, it feels like it's disorder all the time. Okay? However, uh, there are things that are... uh, disorder in our lives that, um, that have sinful tendencies rather than others so let's but think about those things so is there anything in your, in your life that is out of order that needs to be put in order ask yourself if there are, um, if you're leading your home well as a husband and as a wife if you are following your husband and his leadership and how you can do that even better Now, we've looked at the confidence of those who know and practice righteousness and the privilege of being God's children. Now we're going to turn to our ultimate hope. Um, This passage here, uh, verses 2 and 3, was a fun one for me to to enjoy studying here. I hope it'll be for you. Let's look at verse 2. Beloved, we are God's children now, and what we will be has not yet appeared. But we know that when he appears, we shall be like him, because we shall see him as he is. Now, John's emphasis here is that now we are God's children. We already are as the people of God. We are children of God. But that is not what we're going to be when Jesus appears. Did you hear? I mean, did you read it? Beloved, we are God's children now, and what we will be has not yet has not yet appeared. It doesn't mean we're not going to be the children of God. It doesn't take away anything when we look at this passage to say that what we will be has not yet appeared. Rather, it is an adding to even being a child of the one true God. Now, how in the world can you add to being the chi- a child of the, God, of, of the one true God? Well, we have to think about our state as we are right now. We, we are positionally and really a child of God, yet we are still sinners. The difference is that when we come and see him face to face... We Go will sit on be the gray like line, him. girls. In will you sit his down, moral please? Capacity. We will not be able to sin any longer, and we will not sit down sin Sit on
1: the gray line, anymore. please.
0: Man, what a wonderful picture there—that we I'm are so the hard children hard of hard God hard now, hard. and we will one day not sin. I am very, very Anymore. happy. We won't even we have to worry to about the possibility so of for, temptation like, in our hearing about how hard lives.
1: you've been working this year, and that's great. Are there any people who have never shopped at an Iwana store? Okay, so uh, this is where it starts. This table has items that cost Let's look at the last up. phrase. He says... And then we and verse, start uh, verse two, here, last phrase. With your five because items,
0: we shall see him as ten, he
1: there's a lot of ten is. Now items. the word
0: "see" uh,
1: yeah, throughout the book
0: of John, First John, John is letting the people of God know that I have seen. Him. The kind of, 20, okay? We know that 30, John was one of the three most of the inner circle up, with okay. Jesus, 40, uh, very intimate 50. with Didn't Him, and that 50. He saw oh, Jesus. Item. Yes, it's, it's not a, one one a hearsay, right? Oh, He saw Him. Was, um, and so you, you get, oh, no, when you no, see the word see there, up, because we shall see we Him as say. He okay. is, In I want every, you to understand that it's almost like a witness. Buck situation that we that we literally will see the Lord Jesus Christ. That? No, okay not.
1: But if you want to well, where did those things
0: go? John uh, said uh, and what John so is, is pointing to here for the like people of God, God is that we will not see Jesus as and He was pen, this is just for mom. in his now early ministry when he walked on earth. Candies are okay.
1: two for five?'ll you'll, you'll you as far
0: as I know, you'll never see Jesus. As two he walked on the earth before he was crucified. Big,
1: okay, and Candy is over there by the book okay. table. Candy you will, will never see him table. now
0: at this moment, Five as he two. is. And as um, you are example, right now.
1: Parent, uh, but there will come a day
0: when you will desk, see him in all his, his glory, in which he is, in is there life. now, seated at the right hand, the hand of the Father, and you will literally see him hugs, hugs, where he this is. And when we see him there, what is and going to happen me? is that we are going to be changed it's not. It's just by seeing Ava the one who Ava. has changed us.
1: When we see Ava him, anymore.
0: in all his glory, we'll he will radiate. Okay. We will see we'll him stand? as the holy God.
1: And walk nicely the over to God. the table,
0: and we will see him radiating. And when we see him in all of his perfection, really with no job. sin whatsoever—never has stand, had any—and he is the one who has saved us, we too to will be tables. changed, in that we will never sin again, because we will be like him forever.
1: The cashiers are at the table in the back. Now, You're Ms. Heather, you see, Miss Heather Mitzel and Mr. Clay.
0: Because we're not there yet. Because John doesn't leave us there. John says in verse 3, And everyone who thus hopes in him, talking about Jesus, he says everyone who hopes in Jesus purifies himself as he is pure. So, one day you'll be unable to sin. You will never even be tempted to sin again. However, until that day... Don't sin. Live righteous. Follow the one who has saved you. Lean upon him. Abide in Christ. Purify yourself. For he is the one who has shed his blood for you. I wrote this. I don't know if it's that important. For if we truly are looking forward to being with Jesus and seeing him as he is, then why would we not seek to live like him today? And I can promise you that if you will seek to abide in Christ while we are on this earth, knowing him, following him in righteousness, I can assure you that on the last day you will have no need to be ashamed you can go through this life not being ashamed of the day in which you will meet your savior rather you can be confident you can be confident in the absolute and finished work of Jesus on your behalf and on that day you will have the glorious transformation to be like him for all eternity let's pray oh father we uh, we, we come before you tonight to tell you that we look forward to that day lord we look forward to the day in which we're able to see you as you are as you are right now you—it it is a reality even at the moment and one day we'll be able to see you and all of the struggles, the pains the uh, persecutions and um, temptations in which we um, that we live in here Lord we know that we will be taken from those things that those things will not be part of us and part of our lives anymore and we look forward to that as the people of God, as your people Uh, Lord we we just, I want to thank you tonight, Lord thank you for um, your purposes in bringing salvation to people like us Um, in giving us uh, the title and the name as sons and daughters of God And we thank you for your son Jesus, that he would even be willing to enter into earth and to take on human flesh and to die for us. Um, Lord, we are thankful for his resurrection, that he was raised from the dead three days later, that um, he is even seated at the right hand, and we look forward to one day seeing him again. Until that day, Lord, I pray that you will help us to live lives that are abiding in you. Lives of righteousness and holiness. Lives that will back up that which we claim that we trust and we believe, which is the Lord Jesus Christ. Lord, you've been good to us. I pray that you will be with us this week. That you'll help us to seek to live holy lives. For your name and for your sake, not for ours. Lord, I thank you for this church. The church that preaches the truth preaches your word and people who seek to live faithfully to you and lord for the witness in which this church provides for our communities we thank you well we pray that that people will be saved that people will come to know you Uh, lord that life change will happen within us and that we will see life change happen in others when they come to know you and that they will grow up into you here at this body Lord we love you and we thank you and we pray this in the name of our Savior Jesus, Amen